Hi friends, Eve Stipes here. Welcome to the second episode of the Grace Lace Podcast. I'm here with Grace Lace founder, Ruth Jo Simons. And this season in the podcast, we are diving into all the things that Ruth says on the regular. I cannot wait for you to hear them all. Well, you probably have already heard them, but for you to understand where they came from. Today, we're talking about the phrase that Ruth picked for 2022, because she can't pick just a single word. She had to go with a phrase. So let's get to it. Okay, Ruth, lay it on us. 2022, what did you pick? Yes, you're right. I really, I don't usually choose a word of the year, but I got to the end of 2021 and I don't know about anybody else, but I was like crawling over the finish line. I was exhausted. I was emotionally a little fragile. I was weary and kind of teary. Anybody else? I really hope that everybody's nodding their heads because you're not the only one. Yeah. I mean, what in the world? It just felt like 2020 and 2021 blurred into one really, really long year. And I got to, is that a good description? I mean, I got to the end of one big blur, right? And got to the end of 2021. And I just could have gotten off the internet and never come back. Like that's how it felt to me. And I was so worn out. And part of it, let's be fair. I was like running pretty hard after a book launch in October, doing like 40 podcasts, podcast interviews, because I had not started this one. Um, And I was just feeling a little like, oh my goodness, am I a good leader to the Grace Lace team? How do I do this when I'm so worn out? And so when I came to thinking about intentions and goals and what I was seeking the Lord about for 2022, I was really like, Lord, I don't know if I can even do all that you called me to do if Mm. I am not communing with you at a greater level. That doesn't mean I wasn't communing with him, but I was like, wow, I, I'm missing this component in my life that fills me up on the regular, like constantly. And so I was revisiting this little book called How to Worship Jesus Christ. And we'll make sure that it's in the show notes there with a link. But um, it's by Joseph Carroll. And I'm sure most people don't even know about it. It's published by Moody. But I, I read it perennially. It's a short and mm-hmm. super wise book. And in here, um, the author talks about Isaiah 6 and about the seraphim. And it's kind of a familiar passage about this creature, right? That is mm-hmm. worshiping the Lord. And this is what he writes about it. It says, each one had six wings, two to cover his face, two to cover his feet, and two to fly, to carry out the will of the one worshiped. I wonder why he did not fly with six. If you gave most Christians today, six wings, what would they want to do? Go as fast as they could, but (laughs) where? Oh no, four are to prepare for worship. Only two are for service. The worship of the one on the throne by the seraphim prepared them for swift, obedient service. It is always the same order, worship before service. So that was my phrase, Eve. I chose worship before service. Had to be three words, not one. Yeah, man, I feel like that quote is so rich. Like there's so much in there for us to think about. What are you feeling about it now that you said like, yep, that's what I want to do. What does that mean for you? Yeah. I mean, I wrote about it on January 1 and I've been thinking about it ever since. But the truth is, It shouldn't be like a New Year's resolution or an intention. Worship is what we were made to do. And 
out of the overflow of our hearts of worship is where service comes from. And I love how Carol puts it there and draws the insight that only two of the seraphim wings were to actually carry out the service, right? Carry out the obedience. The rest were actually for the purpose of worship and reverence. The seraphim covered their eyes, covered their feet in reverence, and only two were getting them somewhere. And yeah, I felt really called out by Joseph Carroll in this section, this excerpt, because if you gave me six wings, I'd be flying as fast as I could, getting to the front of the finish line, trying to finish Mm -hmm. ahead and doing it really well and faster and faster. That's the way I'm naturally wired to operate. And I hope somebody else listening is like nodding (laughs) and saying, yes, me too. I operate on wanting to get things done and go fast, but it has to be out of the overflow of my heart that, and out of a heart that's worshiping him that I do any service. And so, you know, Troy likes to say often, um, you know, we're going to, according to the Bible, we're going to be worshiping in all eternity. Like that's literally what we will be doing forever forever and ever and ever. Not even, I think it's going to be so much more exciting than strumming harps or sitting in (laughs) white robes, you know, but that we will be basking in God's glory and literally in praise and worship forever more. And so he always likes to say, Ruth, um, we should be in practice. Mm. We're practicing right now. Like that's what life is. Life is practicing for what we will do forevermore. And so if I'm weary and worn out, lacking some joy, it usually points to the fact that I've turned it upside down. I'm serving before worship. That's where I'm depleted. Yeah. Where have you seen that in your life? Yeah, I think it's so much easier to do something than it is to prepare my heart for something. I think I am a mama to three children under the age of four. And (laughs) it's really, and there's a set of twins in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's really easy to just get caught up in the like, okay, what are we doing? What, what do you need? How can I fill that need? And if I'm not careful, that translates into my walk with the Lord too. Like, what's the thing I have to do for the Lord? Like, let me just get to it, get it done, check it off the list. And my heart is far. And I think I have felt the same weariness that you've described of like, just like there's nothing to give. (laughs) Like I have nothing to offer people, my friends, my husband, um, my kids, my neighbors. If I haven't worshiped the Lord and really been filled with his spirit to go out and do the things he's called me to do and to serve the people that I've been called to serve. But you know, what's weird, Eve, is that I find that the reason why we do that is because it actually, like we can get somewhere without worshiping, right? Yeah. I mean, we wouldn't do something that didn't work, right? right? So in some sense, not worshiping and just getting after our tasks, just serving him, just getting to church and serving at church and just signing up for all the things that we know we want to be known for and do mm-hmm. well, and even like godly things that yeah, we want to be about it works at some level, right? You can get out there and show that you read your Bible faithfully and then lead a Bible study, teach every Sunday. You could put the food on the table and have Mm -hmm. your meals made day in, day out. But like you said, um, it catches up with us, right? So initially I can think of lots of things that I can do for some time and even be successful at it. But eventually if we're not primarily operating out of worship, 
we'll see the cracks and we'll feel the tension and the weariness. Well, and I think that leads us to another question too of like, what do we even mean by worship, right? Like what is the worship that has to happen before service? I think, I mean, maybe especially if you grew up in the nineties at all, like worship is like, it's a guitar, an acoustic guitar (laughs) and this like very youth pastor looking man on a stage. yeah. And there's like specific songs that come to mind, but I mean, it's more than that, right? Like it, it has to be more than that. So what do you think, what do you, when you say worship, what are you talking about? Yeah, I think that's such an important thing for us to discuss here because I think so many times, and especially as moms, um, I know I'm sure there are lots of n- non-mamas out there listening, but I think for all of us and for me with six boys at home, so many times I'm looking for that perfect moment. I'm looking for like this perfect cup of coffee, everybody being quiet in my house. I think I have to play a certain kind of music and I better still have that one candle that I love burning. And (laughs) I just want it to feel the way I remember feeling that one time, that one year, that one season where I was like having vibrant times in the Lord. I don't know about you, Eve, but in the last couple of years, I don't recall always having vibrant times like I did in my early twenties when I was quote, fired up for Jesus, right? Do you remember that time when in college you sat around with a guitar and people (laughs) were like confessing sin and praying together and singing praise songs and like staying up late talking about their walk with the Lord? Yeah. And you'd journal for like an hour or two at a time about like all the things you were wrestling through. And and like those were such valuable seasons, but not seasons that last. if you're in that season right now, friend, like we're so happy for you. Truly. It's a really rich season. I'm being honest. I'm really happy for you and a little jealous. But you know, like if you're in a season where you can like sit at a coffee shop for four hours and put on your headphones and like make it through an entire worshipful playlist and your heart is filled up and you had three hours to spend studying the word, I am super happy for you. That's just not my season. And I, yeah. I'm i assuming not yours either, Eve. No, it is not my season. <laughs> Clearly not. <laughs> and so what does worship mean when it doesn't look like a Sunday morning? It doesn't look like having a worship set played fully in your headphones <laughs> in silence and happiness, you know, while you light yeah. a candle and sip your coffee. So for me, what I'm talking about here is aligning my heart with the truth of God's word and esteeming him, which is just a fancy way of saying, giving him the honor and the praise and the worth that he's due. Meaning that I start my day off saying, God, you are God and I'm not. That's really the heart of worship, right? The heart of worship is to say, I am not God, you are. I'm not going to worship my own comforts and my own desires and my own needs. I'm going to worship you instead because you're worthy. Yeah. You're the creator. I'm the created. And so it starts just simply as an alignment and an adjustment with who God is and who I am, surrendering myself and putting myself in the proper place each day. Yeah. What do you mean by worship? I think it much the same for me. I think it's that like intention of my heart, right? To like mm-hmm. stop and to acknowledge that I am not ultimate. <laughs> like I am yeah. not in control and the plans I have may or may not be best. Most likely they are not. 
always God's are. And so, yeah, it's just like that pause to recognize who I am in relation to him and, and to not get too enamored with myself or what I have going on, what I think is best, what I've planned for the day. It's just a reset. And in hand in hand with worship really is the word praise, right? I mean, when you worship something, you praise it. And I don't want to boil everything down to food, but the reality is most (laughs) of my friends know that if I think I had the best meal in the world, you probably will hear about it. I mean, really, I think when we took the anniversary trip to Puerto Vallarta, I mean, (laughs) did you hear about anything else? But that incredible dinner that we had um, serenaded by a violinist and it was our anniversary dinner. And I talked on and on and on about it. Most of the pictures Um, I saw from that trip were the food, I think, not anything else. It's kind (laughs) of the way it is. And I just got back from Orange County. Same thing. How many times did I have hot pot in um, Irvine? Like three days. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we praise the things that our hearts beat after. And no, I'm not worshiping food, but I'm just using that as an example of like, it, it kind of helps us to discern what we're worshiping when you think about mm-hmm. what we talk about the most, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if you are never talking and praising God, but you're always talking about and fretting about, thinking about, analyzing, and like just the words on your lip are constantly about your circumstances, your goals, what you need, what you want how your life could be perfect if (laughs) you could just make these adjustments. I mean, I'm not talking about somebody else. I'm talking about myself. (laughs) It's a good indicator that you're worshiping yourself and not the one who is worthy. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's so many things that that applies to, right? Like we've talked about before in lots of Grace Lace content, like kind of the idols of your heart, like things that Mm. you worship in place of God. And I think that's a really great, self-assessment. Like, what is it that I'm just talking about a lot? Or even to ask your friends, like, what do you hear me talking about a lot? Is it like, if I just had this much more money, if I was just in this relationship, if this friendship could be better, if my marriage was perfect, like there's lots of things that we can worship, put all of our thought, energy, praise into. That's not God. But I love the phrase worship before service because we're still getting to the service part. Yeah. It's not worship and sit on the couch all day or, <laughs> yeah. you know, in the same way that, you know, I just released um, when striving cease. And for any of you who follow along and know the heartbeat there, it's replacing the gospel of self-improvement with the gospel of life transforming grace. And the number one question I think I get a lot is wait. So if we lay our strivings down, does it mean that we just go, in grace, I just rest and don't worry. And I'm like, no, it's absolutely the fact that we don't have to strive for grace. We strive in grace and maybe just heads up, maybe there's going to be one of these episodes (laughs) about that. But the point just being that it's not that we worship and then we do nothing. It's that the worship overflows to a praise that compels. Worship compels us to live in a way that's of service to Christ. And so in some ways I would say in my life, Eve, the times where I've wanted to just check out, throw in the towel 
and being a close friend of mine and being the executive director of my <laughs> ministry, you've heard about those times. You've heard about the times where I felt really depressed or down, or I felt really discouraged. The times, and you know, those aren't times that I always share all over the internet, but the times where I kind of go, is this even worth it? Am, am I like making any difference at all? And those are the times where I've put service, like, seeking to obey, seeking to honor God, seeking to fulfill my calling, but I've been striving out of wanting to please God rather than sitting with the truth that His favor is upon me and that I can worship Him first and out of that overflow be compelled to do everything for His glory. Yeah. Okay. So let's get practical. Um, At the end of each episode, we'd like to ask a few questions. And so the first question is, what is the gospel truth that we've been talking about? The second question is, why does it matter? And then the third question is, what's your one small thing, which might sound funny, but Ruth and I have talked a lot about how it's the small things that add up to big things over time, right? Like small decisions, small actions change the course and direction for your life, your heart, all of those things. And so we want to ask, what's your one small thing that applies to what we've been talking about? So, Right. Because the entirety of Grace Lee's podcast is to find grace in the everyday. And I don't know about your, you know, life listener, friend, but the truth (laughs) is even I have mundane lives behind the scenes. We are cleaning out the pantry, cleaning out the (laughs) fridge, um, changing children, right? And yeah, doing things that are not all, they don't always look like fulfilling our callings in some big, glorious, wonderful ways. And so we want to be in a conversation with you week by week where we are applying the gospel and saying, how will I make a small change in my life that will help me apply the gospel in ways that will ultimately change the trajectory of my days? Yeah. So if we think about our conversation today and your worship before service for 2022, what is the gospel truth that you are meditating on in that? Yeah. I think the gospel truth here is that we were created for worship. And I didn't make that up. I mean, what's the <laughs> yeah. what's, we were talking about all the scriptures before we got on today that point to why we were created for worship. Why don't you share one of them? Yeah, Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe. Hmm. I have got to memorize that and remember, like, that's my goal of every day, right? The true goal is to offer, like, worship to Him. Mm -hmm. He wants my worship more than He wants me running around and getting things done. Okay. So that's the gospel truth. The gospel truth is we were created for worship. That's why he created us. Yeah. And why does it matter? (laughs) Why don't you take that one? Well, we've talked about it a little bit already. It matters because we're going to worship forever, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where we're headed. That's what we are made for. That's what we're going to do in eternity. That's what we get to practice right now. And so It matters that we're intentional about it because if we're not intentional, we worship the wrong things and that's not what we want to do. When we worship God correctly for who he is, Mm -hmm. then we're able to serve people well. If it gets out of whack, 
we're just going to run into all kinds of problems. So it matters because we're doing it forever and we have to be intentional. Also, it matters because it helps us realize that all the things that we have to do in a day's time, like clearing our inbox or (laughs) taking our kids to soccer practice or going to get the groceries, everything can be done to his glory. There are no mundane tasks that fall outside of the place of worship. And I just got to say in the same little book that I love, he also talks about challenging our thought about what it is to worship. He says, of course, to worship him in your quiet time is not the end. It is only the beginning. You are merely tuning your instrument to face the day. Is that so good? We seem to have the strange idea that if only we can have a quiet time, everything is going to be fine for the rest of the day. Meaning sometimes we think we'll just worship in the morning. And if we do not have a quiet time, everything is going to turn out miserably. Mm. I thought that very thing. This is not so. The quiet time should be set aside early in the morning. Yes, please do that. But it is only the tuning of the instrument. You cannot say, Carol says, I have had my quiet time. Now I'm fine. (laughs) This is just the beginning, getting in first gear, so to speak. So that's why it matters. It matters because we are to worship all the time, continually. That quiet time in the morning, that listening to a praise song or um, going and listening to a sermon, that's just getting our hearts in first gear, he says. That's just tuning the instrument. But the worship is what we're about all day long, 24-7, even while we're doing the dishes. So That's so helpful. Okay. So then what is your one small thing? Okay. My one small thing. We talked about these obviously before we hopped on and I was like, man, what is my one small thing from this? Like such great truth. It resonates with my heart so deeply. So like, how do I put it in practice? How do I actually apply this? And I am going to put on some worship music while I prep dinner every night. I've always got like, you know, 15, 20 minutes at least of like cutting an onion or washing the dishes to get ready, like something that I'm doing to prep for dinner. And so I'm going to listen to some worship music to turn my heart um, toward the Lord in that time. Especially if all any mamas are out there. I mean, dinner time and the hour or two right after dinner are the, the craziest time of the day. 100%. Right? I mean, is there an amen out there? Because I'm telling you, <laughs> it's like they become possessed. They're like uh-huh. crazy kids. All the over energy the level, the the weird attitudes, like it's all happening. Any kind of arm <laughs> wrestling or somebody bashing their heads on a table, that happens after <laughs> dinner. So that's so practical, Eve, like just committing to, I'm just going to, and we're not talking about something like one small change as in like, you're going to be legalistic about it. It's like, this is one thing I can do to yeah. just realign my heart, right? Yeah, absolutely. Probably not like hands raised in the middle of the kitchen, although that could happen. I mean, like, but just like something, yeah, something that's like ongoing that just helps shift my mind to where it should be and in a helpful direction. Hey, can we start a hashtag where everybody else who's going to join you, all the mamas who are like, (laughs) my kids are about to turn psycho this evening. We're going to post pictures of us like just swaying, swaying with (laughs) our hands raised, rocking back and forth and being like, I'll chop onions in between. Yes, please. I want to see your pictures, people. Hashtag that. That's really funny. I know. (laughs) Somebody needs to um, make suggestions for hashtags here. Okay. You want to hear mine? Yes, please. Okay. Again, 
I'm not sharing this like this is some formula or some, I mean, I have to say that as a a disclaimer, I don't want anyone writing in or DMing me saying like, you're being really legalistic about this. This is not like, oh my goodness, I'm checking this off the list. It's seriously (laughs) like, I know from my heart that I will be set to worshiping the Lord and aligning my heart with why I exist on this earth each day if I don't turn on my phone before I talk Mm. to him. Oh yeah. Again, I'm saying like, there are times, there are times where you have to like text somebody back. I'm not saying like, this is some crazy thing. I just know that for the rhythm in my own life, my heart immediately wants to worship my to-do list. I want to worship my to-do list. I want to worship my own goals. I want to worship my own comfort and my own like getting ahead And the only way I can stop thinking that Ruth Joe Simons is the ruler of the universe is to start by talking with the Lord first. And so whether that means that I get on my knees and I pray first thing in the morning, or I listen to scripture as I get up and I immediately like am fulfilled with the word, or if I really do have my quiet time first thing in the morning, I need to be with him before I interface with my cell phone and my device. So that's my one small, my one small thing. And even if I fail, I'm just going to realign my heart with, Hey, this is one small adjustment I can make each day. Yeah. I think that's great. It's so easy to jump right to what happened while I was gone overnight. (laughs) Like what notifications came in? How do people think about that post yesterday? So I think that's super helpful, super practical. Well, friends, I hope this conversation is helpful and encouraging. I hope you feel like you've had a cup of coffee with the two of us because I'll be honest, Eve is in Indy. I'm in Colorado. I wish we were having coffee together in person too. I know. But um, friends, maybe if we... um, we can make it happen someday. Maybe we'll do a podcast meetup and just have a cup of coffee with all our listeners out there. But friends, we just really want to help us week by week, apply the truths of the gospel in ways that are really going to impact us in the long run, choosing that small thing, looking for the ways in which God's grace intersects our daily lives. So we're so excited to be engaging with you week by week. And this season, I mean, I think it's a little funny, a little tongue in cheek, Simon (laughs) says, and why it matters, but um, there you go. That's our first one of something that I'm known to say on the regular. So Eve, what can they expect next week? Yeah. So next week we are talking about one of Ruth's favorite gardening phrases. That's your clue. <laughs> I would love to hear from people that have followed Ruth for a long time or Grace Slice. If you think you know what it is, let us know. Shoot us a DM, comment on a post, but tell us her favorite gardening phrase. That's your clue for next week's Simon's Says. Okay, guys, thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. Okay, so friends, I know you're on the edge of your seat. So join us next week. And if you've liked this episode, please share it with a friend, like, subscribe, do all the things that people do with podcasts. And we would be so grateful for you to pass this resource on. And thanks for joining us in this conversation. And we will catch you next time.